Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every time I tell somebody I do poetry for a living, they look at me weird. Like they don't believe that it's possible. I tell them that it is. I tell them I don't make my living off giving people reasons to buy a CD. That's crazy. I make my living off giving people reasons to live outside the box, outside the cell block, outside the cubicle. I tell them that a life lived without boundaries is beautiful. I tell them that the body can do whatever the mind chooses to. And I ain't got no illusions or grandeur. I know where my story ends, but yours begins whenever you get ready to move. Want to be a lawyer? Take your ass back to school. You only got a short time on this earth, so while you're here, you better find your niche and work on it like your life depends upon it cause tomorrow isn't promised, failure's not an option, wanna be a dancer, get it popping, work your angles like an architect with all your tears, blood and sweat then disregard the people that'll tell you you're crazy cause they too scared or lazy and too complacent to make the necessary changes this life is about risk, jumping in with both feet cause the answer could be just beneath the surface and the timing ain't never gonna be perfect but only 2% of the people on this planet actually do what they want 60% of the people on this planet work for them, the other 38% are just too far gone so you better get in where you fit in while you still can otherwise die wondering what could have been and when you think about it like that doing poetry for a living makes perfect sense it puts me in that two percent i only answer to god program managers can't censor my shit i'm a prophet that prophesies and profits no gimmicks i give it to you the same way god gave it to me the pen is a pistol the words are a nightstick i just beat you over the head till you submit no blue pill just red here's some water swallow this and this ain't about performing this is two doses of reality call me in the morning this is word is born this is you better get your piece of the pie before it's gone this is one part heart four parts persistence cover the pot and let it simmer guess who's coming to dinner opportunities knocking better pop the lock and let them enter this is 2005 you can start a business with an internet connection and a laser printer no excuses get on your mission and consider all this the next time you fix your face to ask me what i do for a living Hello, 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 and welcome to Beyond Talk with Faith Moore McKinney. I am your host, Faith Moore McKinney, and welcome to this special episode of Beyond Talk, the official radio show of Black Economic and Entrepreneurship Development Conference. And I'm on here with Ms. Jacqueline Taylor Adams, our producer. And we have a very special show tonight. We are going to be talking about the 96-hour, Stop 96-hour um, movement. And what uh, we're going to explain tonight is the, uh, the special nature of, um, you know, what's going on in the country right now and how we as black people need to stop and empower each other economically and I'm really excited to learn more about this. Ms. Jacqueline Taylor-Adams, are you on with me? Yes, I am. I'm on the line. How are you? All right. I'm wonderful. How are you? Well, I am 
Busy, busy, busy. You know, we decided to um, put on this event called 96 Hours. It's a 96-hour marathon, and we're actually going to wind up running it three weeks. And um, because we really want people to understand what it's about. I think people think we're directory and we want to tell people these are a whole bunch of black businesses. But what 96 hours is, it's an event. It's not a directory. And we don't want to be a directory. You know, researching, you know, I'm a marketing and business strategist. So I'm always asking people, and I've been doing this for years, to gauge their feeling about black-owned businesses. And there was a time where was sometimes people would say negative things. You know, sometimes as blacks, we can speak negative things about ourselves. And um, there was like a distrust factor, you know, at one time if it was a black-owned business. But in the past, you know, five or ten years, that has just, you know, really went away, you know, with so many celebrity businesses, successful businesses. We see those. But I wrote this article that says finding black business is not easy. I was looking at the census report. In 2012, there were over 2.6 million black businesses. Now, I ask you, and we're in the business of supporting black businesses. We know entrepreneurs. But I ask you, Faith, and everyone out there in the audience right now, 2.6 million black businesses. Can you go one place and find 100 legitimate black businesses? Ooh, not easily. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, and, and there's a lot of reasons that happens. One, just because you're a black-owned business doesn't mean you're going to have black in your name because your being black-owned may not be relevant to the business. So, you know, just searching online by name is not going to necessarily help identify you as a black-owned business. Just because you're a black-owned business doesn't mean your services or products are only for black people. It's just that you're the owner who is black. So that makes it hard to search online. The other unique thing we have happened to us as a people, 90% of us cannot walk outside of our doors and through our neighborhoods and the businesses within our neighborhoods are black-owned, even though we may live in black neighborhoods. Uh-huh. So it's not like you can go and see them. So you have to know, like, where there may be a strip or where there are some people. You just have to be in the know. And the everyday person is not generally in the know. You generally know the people who you know personally, your friends, family, or neighbors, associates that you know that own a business. You know, the celebrity businesses, because they're popularized. And, um, you know, other than that, you might, you know, search up black-owned and find a few. But when I looked at that number, 2.6 million, I'm like, wow, how do we identify? So what we wanted to do, we really don't want to reinvent the wheel with the BEDC, but we really do like developing products. Okay, my audio is coming in and out. Okay, so let yeah, me know. Am I any better uh, now? Yeah, it's it's good. It just sounds like a little um, um, metallic. You know how it kind of fades in and out um, when okay. the are moving. I'm not really sure. But you're All good right. now. Okay. 
Okay, I'm good now, so I'm going to stay like this. Yeah, because my other phone, okay. I, uh, my landline, which that's why I prefer the landline. That's why everybody that just has cell phones, this is why you need a landline. It's just my battery is dead. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we really use them anyway. <laughs> No, I use it. That's why my battery's dead. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I use, uh, I, yeah, I I'm putting it around a lot. Okay. Yes. I have a question. Okay, so um, I understand that, you know, with the government, they have, um, like, minority and women-owned business, um, you know, certified uh, business owners. Is there a way to tap into that uh, data bank and to find out who exactly are the minority-owned businesses? Or is that you know not true? Is that not well? That's accurate? that's part. Well, that's part of it, but that's really probably not everyone because everyone doesn't go through the SBA who establishes a business. Mm. So um, that's probably part of it. So so those who are certified minority owned, because sometimes that doesn't. Again, it depends on your line of business whether that's relevant. Like that's really good. Uh-huh. Like if you're when you're seeking contracts and diversity contracts and various things, which, you know, with the new regime, that may not mean too much. So, I mean, there are certain business certifications. They got veteran certification. There are certain certifications that can work to your, you know, benefit or give you an extra edge. But that doesn't necessarily comply for everyone. You know, if, if you're doing retail, and so your retail sales is with the general public, um, unless you're also, you know, retailing to government services or, or larger entities. But if you're basically B to C, sometimes, you know, minority certification really may not benefit you. Well, let's talk about this. But it's more uh, when you mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's been a couple of weeks since, since we've talked, and when our last um, episode, episode nine, we, it was election day. And I believe yeah. <laughs> we were all, you know, we were all taken aback. So I think that yeah. maybe um, we can really, if you would, just uh, just expound on how important, more now than ever, it is to support black-owned businesses, what this new regime, you know, could possibly mean to us and, and why we need to, to um, support our own businesses and, and you know, what, it, what this new regime could mean to us economically. Yes. Well, what I like to say is, because there are a lot of people that are willing to support, you know, the attitude definitely has changed. But, again, it's the issue of finding those, identifying and finding those businesses. But I, mm-hmm. I'm surprised because with the Black Lives Matter movement, it has really brought together Younger people that are looking at doing strategic activism, not just being, not just marching. They, um, you know, listen to the elders and their strategy to their activism called Pacific Calls for Actions. And um, and I like to say a thank you first of all to some great, uh, great like people like Lazone Gray and 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 you, Faith, and then um, Weena um, Water with. Um, from Ebiz Travel and Nubian Tours and Travel, they're our sponsors. And then we have the, the the Vet Angel VC. And these are people that personally just come up and say, hey, I think this is great. I want to sponsor it. But also I'm putting it out. And there are def- a lot of people really, you know, sharing it and different things. 
um, on social media. But then there are a few people who get up, well, no, I'm just supporting my networks. I'm not getting into this. That's why I really wanted to make people understand we're not a directory. It's an event. And our only goal mm-hmm. is to bring together the directories and the businesses. And we're going by way of directories. And now more than ever, we have to get ego so has to move out of our out the way. Just Absolutely. we have to stop being behind. I am so tired of us being behind. I work for nonprofits and corporate entities in the government since like age twenty or yeah, about since I came out the service. So you take the service that's since age nineteen. So. You know, I've worked for these um, agencies, and I actually started working for nonprofits at the age of 14. I've been working since 14. I know wow. how businesses work, and I, and I'm 52 now. People want to know what that, what that means. I'm 52 now. <laughs> and, you know, and I see it, and I work for, like, I work for small nonprofits and I work for larger nonprofits. We're like in the nineties in like nineteen ninety one where they had a budget of a million dollars. A nonprofit. Where the nonprofit was it's okay to earn passive income where we had a portfolio with Smith Barney. And I and I didn't even think that was okay. And I so I went and asked the account, and I was like, really? I was like, we can have a portfolio? Because all spending went through me, and I, I don't, you know, that's just how they devise. Anything that had to be purchased had to come through my department and new hires. So I'm like, wow, we get to have a portfolio? Yeah, that's considered passive income. I have yet since then, that was 1991, have encountered an African-American nonprofit that has put investments into a portfolio and has raised a passive income. Planned Parenthood has owned so much real estate that they were getting ready to lose their 501c3. We have to stop being behind the mark. Right now, nonprofits need to function as businesses, and collaboration is the key. If you are not collaborating, you are not going to make it on no large scale. It's all about collaboration. And we watch the celebrities. They come together and they collaborate. So, you know, and this is just to any of those that think that we've come up with some big idea. It's not a big idea. We really don't need to reinvent the wheel. We have well over 100 plus black business directories. When you take the directories, plus you got black business membership organizations, by, they automatically are directories. You know, the black chambers of commerce, the black business this, the black business that. They're automatically black business directories. They're sources for knowing black, you know, finding black businesses. So we have enough directories. The issue is, is still finding. Maggie Anderson, when she did her one year of shopping only black, that was her big, one of her biggest issues, finding black businesses. So what we realize, okay, this is a problem. And you know we love technology here, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how can we leverage technology yet to address this problem? So that's when we're making it simple. It is nothing complicated. It is no big will. 
big deal. But we're going to our directories first, and we're saying, hey, directories, secure four hours of programming. Because what it is, you're going to go to shop96hours.com, and you're going to be able to view black-owned businesses sharing with you about their products. And we're doing this from Black Friday through Cyber Monday. So anytime you're going to be able to, to go there and view. Now, we may not yet have a full, full schedule, but it'll all be black programming of some kind. If it's a black filmmaker, the content, and even filmmakers are entrepreneurs and businesses, and they have a use for hire. So that is what it is. So what we want to say, if you're a business directory, membership organization, buy black movement, where you got multiple businesses with you, we want to support you and help you build your membership, provide value to your members, and all they need to do is for 13 and a half minutes, your business members, they get 15 minutes um, viewing segments. So the directory has four-hour programming, and then they have fifth, they can um, then give out 16-minute segments of viewing. They may want to use some of it themselves. And so, like, in that 15 minutes and, you know, programming, TV, whatever, that's about 13 and a half minutes of actual content. And in that time, a business should be able to tell you about two to three specials, tell you a little bit about themselves, two to three specials that they have, and how to buy. We definitely want our brick and mortars, especially on Saturdays. We want the brick and mortars if if no other day, Saturday, because Saturday is Small Business Saturday. So we want you on there and telling people to come on down and offering, and if they come down, you offer them an additional special, something special additionally if they come on down from watching online. So you know people are going to be out and about. So we're not saying you have to sit at your computer. We know we're mobile, so we're going to have mobile keywords. You can have your keyword campaign. And you use that for whatever your special is, and they'll be able to text, and you'll be able to generate leads, and as well as promote, and and it's going to be view, you know, viewable over mobile. So that's the main thing. So whether they're at home, out and about, there's no reason because now now we're going out to the general public. We want you to commit to spend some portion of your dollars with black-owned businesses. And we want to remove the problem of not being able to find any. Absolutely. So I see you have MobyTales on board. Yeah, MobyTales is on board, and we're using their site for the event. So for event details, if you click onto the MobyTales page, you can get more um, event details because they break it down, like where you can learn who the host is. MobyTales breaks, you know, breaks it down in nice little parts. And then you can, um, and as we get more information and what the program and the schedule is, which will probably go on, you know, as it goes on, we can update it on the MobyTel site. And, you know, do we have to do that? No. But if we have a black-owned business, why, again, why reinvent the wheel? We will be streaming through a video site, you know, IV Independent Video Channel Network because they got a nice setup and we're going to stream through them. And then um, why not? Because, and it's, I mean, he owns his own platform. He's built out his own video site. 
and it's really nice. So, again, while in between you can check out wonderful positive artists, you know, more positive hip-hop artists and spoken word. you got like five different channels of art that you can view, genres of music. So, you know, these are things we may have never saw or, or things we've never done. And so we're going to do the Black Friday through Cyber Monday, and we know as we go we're going to get more and more people that want to be involved. So what we've done is extended it Thursday through Sunday for the first two weeks in December. So that's, that's we, you know, great. Mm-hmm. So how how do when people um, hear about it and they say, "Hey, I want to," I think you know, I want to join. You want them to go to the site. You want them to go to yeah. Just um, go to shop ninety six hours dot com. Just go there right now and you can register or go shop96hours.org, especially if you want to get involved because we need volunteers too because, you know, we need people to be able to hang with us around the clock. But um, so we do need volunteers, and that's just really just, you know, helping, you know, a business make sure they're connecting into the platform so that we're streaming whatever they're streaming. And if you're a business, you don't have to have no super camera. You can stream with your telephone. You, you know, that's fine. Right. That's the best way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so your, it's just your, that um, we're going to tell you how to connect into the 96 hours so that so that your stream is pointing in one place. So rather than, because all I know is that, well, I'm, I do Facebook Live and all, but only your people and people you tell and who happen to come by know to come to the Facebook Live. But we're promoting it to everybody just one place. So it doesn't matter where you are. You know, from that one place, people can, you know, see you. Right. And so, absolutely. you know, and it's just an issue really like just streamlining. And it's really, our goal is just to really just kick off that serious activism and for us to start finding real solutions. Because right now, it is a time where people are realizing we really have to support one another. And we got to move ego out the way. There's those Stop trying to be the black savior and stop trying to be the billionaire and millionaire. And I know people think because Trump is this big millionaire, it's going to be big business, and they all of a sudden going to make all this mm-hmm. money. You know, mm-hmm. don't really believe that because Trump' concern is about Trump and his family for seven or eight generations. That exactly. is the typical concern of the Republicans. Not all Republicans, because obviously, but that's the one percenter's thought pattern. And they all yeah. use the office of the presidency to secure their family for at least eight generations. So it's about contracts. And, and that's what's and, happening. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, and getting and the levies off of big business. Like, no one's news. talking about how many lawsuits and, and that the government has against um, Trump. So if he gets yeah. to be president, I guess he figured he can pull back those lawsuits and he won't be going to jail. Well, you know, he, he has some serious them. charges. Yeah, but that even, wasn't with even, the government. The, yeah, wow. And, and and so, you know, too, none of the people, and, and in fact, the people who he has on his cabinet, he's um, placed on his cabinet, are, you know, blatant racist and None of them have any of the African Americans 
uh, best interest at heart. That's obvious. So yeah, so we know, have to get off of that. To, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we, we have just have to, to get out of that, that mindset and thinking that, yeah, you know, America may, hey, you know, act for big business, it may be, but most of us are not big business. And another thing, out of those 2.6 million African-American businesses, though the number of businesses account for, I'm not looking at the article right now, but the number of businesses account for, say, 20% of businesses. But the revenue we produce only accounts for less than 10% of revenue brought in by all businesses. So we're still, we may have a lot, lot, we have a lot more businesses than we realize, but we're still not generating the amount of revenue as our counterparts with the same amount of businesses. Exactly. I believe that many of the businesses mm -hmm. aren't. Um, aren't uh, a pre-revenue, you know, they they aren't making yeah. any revenue. And many of and, them aren't, you know, yeah, they, they're not. Um, businesses. Yeah, and they're not, um, most businesses employ less than nine people. So instead of nine people or more. So there are works we still have to do to build our businesses, but it's now more important than ever that we come together. And we Absolutely. support one another. So let's not wait to be forced. You know, in slavery, we were forced. We had no choice. We were, you know, we know what has happened before. We know what history has done. At this moment in time, we have technology and all. And they may, they're probably going to work to take away a lot of things from us. But until they do, we need to work as hard as possible, leverage what we can and create our own networks create our own spaces. We had um, the young lady in here with Buy the Block, followed up with the real estate, flipping houses. There have been a lot of various things that have come through. And information we've been given, it's time to just, like, do this coalition. That's what makes Buy the Block so great. You know, Lynn, Linda was not able to make the 60000 goal in time. You know what she did? She came right back. And did what she right right back and did the strategy she should did in first place. She came back and they put up asked for ten thousand dollars, and within one week they were at fifteen thousand, surpassed the goal, and wow. they're still working and we're still raising. So I went back and gave wow, more than yeah. I gave the first time. So we need to just make sure that we stay proactive. We, you know, when movements are good, they're good. And a lot of times they're good because we all come together. So let's and just I come together. It's not about a, you know, we, you're who. It, it is about a we, but it's not an individual thing. Mm -hmm. It's not because it's the BDC. I just, you know, feel when I hear people constantly say, and then when I want to know something, I'm not sure where to go look. And I go look up this and I don't see it there. And then I go look here. And when I ran up on a census data, I'm like, well, um, we're really off the mark. Where are all of these businesses? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think that it, it may not be, um, the, the point might not be that they're the businesses, but maybe the health of the businesses, you know, they, they can be registered as a business in name only where they're not functioning. 
um, because the intention of the people, of the business owners, um, was to raise, uh, was to grow a business, but, you know, so many factors that contribute to a healthy business, we don't just, we just don't have necessarily the knowledge or the access. We have the right well, intention, but yeah, we have the right intention, but it, it the, you know, you know, a business, mm-hmm. owning a business is not an easy task. Yeah. But sometimes so. I don't even think that the businesses necessarily do bad. Like we got a great movement going on here in Philadelphia called I Love Bob's and that's black owned businesses. And they're doing really good. And we have a strip on Cecil B. Moore, you know, um in North Philadelphia where they have black owned businesses. We have some black developers that are doing some things and they and they have this breakfast every so often, like at least once a month where they meet. You can meet more business owners, and they're really doing things and working together. And, like, to some, they may think that's, oh, you know, that's good because I'm doing good. I'm doing okay for, you know, for my business. But when we look how much more we could be doing, how much more we can build in if we work together and how we really need to work to create these vertical paradigms. In a vertical paradigm, saying we're moving from idea through retail consumption and black ownership. So you might have these great T-shirts and great sayings and selling these teas that are made in Tijuana that you purchase from a, a, a non-black-owned person, and you just do the design part. You're just on the retail part. So while you have the idea, the manufacturing distribution is you don't own. You're just at the retail hmm. end. And it's like, you know, like even a lot of these celebrities and sports people, you know, they have the talent. Or if you, like, you take a person who's a great performance artist, but somebody else is writing it, somebody else is publishing it, and all they're getting are is the fees for performance. They don't own the masters or anything. Right. And you wonder why this person all this time because they didn't write, they didn't get mechanical, they didn't get the publishing royalties, they don't um, own the masters, all they're getting are performance rights. But there are all these other ways to get paid that other people are being paid. And a lot of times, 90% of the times, they're not African Americans. And the same thing with the sport. You know, you got, you know, you're, you're doing sports, but you know, you don't own that team. Somebody else owns the team how your work is distributed out and all is up to someone else. You know, you know, a lot of sports people are getting smart, though. They're learning better how to, you know, invest their money and, you know, to reuse it and turn it in. And you got wonderful people like Magic Johnson's and who's really, you know, built empires because he knew how to bring the money back in. And we have Oprah's, you know, those as examples. So let's use those examples because what they do, they really do collaborate. You know, they Oprah with her own network, 25 years, as big as Oprah was, she starts her own network, and it becomes in trouble. And it's all this negative say around it. And Tyler Perry is making movies and shows all over the place. He has his own, he, he has his own Hollywood right there in Atlanta he created. He didn't need Oprah. Tyler Perry no. did not need Oprah, but he went and said, hey, why don't I do some exclusive programming for you? Because he was looking at starting his own network. 
but he realized said, why, why reinvent, reinvent the wheel. The exactly. and like if she having this trouble and she Oprah, why wouldn't I have trouble? So what he did, develop exclusive programming that really pushed her through. Ayala came and made sure she did her show, even though I don't even think Ayala knew how much of a hit her show would be. But it really set the tone for what she wanted. But these are people, they came together and say, hey, yeah, we're going to do this together. And they collaborated. And that, the same thing with the Queen Sugar, Ava DuVernay. They said, why didn't you go somewhere? She says, Oprah. And see, the thing about Oprah, you know, as an artist, Oprah is an artist herself. She's an actor. She understands the artist, and she doesn't try to rule you. You know, that's really important when you're dealing with artists, that you allow an artist to be an artist. And not, you know, there are people that love to micromanage. But when you're working with artists, you, you know, a director and writers, they have a, a set vision. You got to allow them to bring forth the vision. And a lot of people don't do that. They want to control it. And especially when we go outside of our community, we get that a lot. And, you know, I, I'm a marketing director with a theater company. We have experience. We've done partnerships with other theaters. And they're okay at first, but then when we become too black, you think maybe y'all uh-huh. could do this or y'all could do that, and then you're like either bow down and stay or just kind of like Janice yeah, have to step off. Well, our board members said they really try to control your voice because they don't understand it. Nope. So, scary. It frightens them. Yeah, yeah. One, they have a whole bunch of misconceptions. Like, we did a play by Mm -hmm. J.E. Franklin, and her play was actually done. Leslie Uggams and them did the movies called Black Girl. So that's considered like a classic. But they thought, because the mother was so rough and mean, and it just wasn't. But they didn't realize that it really wasn't a black and white story because the youngest daughter wanted to do ballet, go to college, and the older sisters had babies young, and they were really bitter and not educated. The youngest daughter went, you know, went to college and things. And it's really an issue of classism and education because I was like, I'm surprised they said that because this group was out right outside of Philly in the suburbs. But I'm like, hey, I take you to certain parts of Philly like Fishtown and all. I'll show you that in the same color you are. The That's an issue of education. and cla- Yeah, it was a- a- classism and education. So they like a certain class of people that think a certain way and with a lack of education. To think, why are you trying to do all that ballet and all of that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you trying to be different. Mm-hmm. You trying to go, be better than us. Right. That's what that was. It wasn't really, that really wasn't the black issue. I like, that is not and really you know, the typical, and, and that's, yeah. That, that's sort of like the crab in the barrel syndrome that we talk about so often. You mm-hmm. know, we, we try to pull people down who are actually, you know, not even considering, uh, I think a lot of people think that it, they're, they're doing things against them or, or looking down, but no, you're, when you have a dream and you're trying to achieve that, you're going to do whatever it takes to, to achieve it. Um, wow. It's, it's, it's a shame uh, that we do have that classism and, um, gee, and it is, it's, 
Yeah, and it goes on on in our our families and our communities and and classism really is going to raise now. Like, you know, a lot of poor people, like, you know, you go, I recommend a book. If you want to get an idea of the climate and how it's going to be, read B.B. Moore Campbell's Your Blues Ain't Like Mine. It's about a small Mississippi town. You got the white folks and the black folks. But then you got what's called the powers to be. And that powers to be is really who's running everything. And it's yeah. to their benefits that the poor people, the poor whites and the blacks that are just free to slave are pitted. They're working against one another. They think, everybody thinks those, each other's the, the problem. While the, the, the one percenters, the powers to be, they're creating the problems and they're raking in all the profit. And so... Yeah, and that's the way it is. You I know, mean, we all think truly. your blues ain't like mine. My blues is different with my blues is, you know, that thing that divides us, you know, that sense of divisiveness, and we really don't know who to, you know, we're not really aware of the real enemy. But I just want us to get to the point of stop being behind Collaboration has been a big thing amongst big business and nonprofits for at least the last 20 years. And um, even a nonprofit I work for, at that time when we had the million-dollar budget and we had portfolio, they were formed by what they did was because the mental health services in southeastern Pennsylvania was so separate, like, one mental health service here with the state, one is with the city. One didn't even know that the other one existed. Huh. No less did they work together. So they found that opportunity and they formed a nonprofit. And we manage, you know, we manage a portion of everybody's budget. And things as simple as they didn't know, because dealing with the city, government entities can be a pain. It would take three months or more for them to get a pallet of paper, and they paid more money than they should be paying. I could go in and get them paper in one day, get them fax machines, way less than the cost, and still within that budget that they had allocated. Then we had techies, and they developed software to actually help manage and so when the managed healthcare companies came around, we were like one of the first people in Philadelphia to bring on the managed healthcare and the mental health part because we had already started with software. But this, again, was an opportunity, and they were willing to collaborate. You know, they recognized, yeah, we sure didn't. We didn't know this agency. State had agencies. City had agencies. And, and then there's some private agencies, but all vital to a mental health consumer. But everything was separate, and the mental health consumer didn't all know. And then then one um, consumer agency didn't know what services they already had gotten from there. And it just was a lot of waste, and then people really weren't being fully serviced. And they changed things around so much in three years. So it's just about those are the value of real collaboration. Everybody got paid. You know, a lot of times we think nonprofit means we have to be poor. No, nonprofit means you don't report a profit. You at the end of the year you spend out your budget. You know, there. I mean, you can't be a a billion dollar 
um, revenue earner and be nonprofit, you know, there are some limits. And, you know, and there's some things like 30% of your budget has to come from donation or from a product that you produce. Certain amount of it has to come from donations. You know, that's how your budget has to be made up. But again, 30% of your income has to become from something that you produce, not just people can't just donate to you. And those are things that we really don't understand as nonprofits and business, um, how to really function. And so um, you have to be producing something that can be for a fee because when um, people do donate to you, they want to know that you're going to stay around. And you can't totally right. your business even if it's nonprofit, it cannot be totally dependent upon the kindness of strangers. You have to have some right. kind of core uh, revenue generator. Yeah. I, I met a lady, um, her name is Sarita Herring, and uh, mm-hmm. she, what she does is help um, people who or businesses who are uh, nonprofits or for-profits collaborate. Uh, she, if you're a... Great. You know, wanting to start a business and you wanting to be a, a, a nonprofit and get your 501c3 or whatever 501 um, category you need, she can help you do mm-hmm. that within a few weeks instead of a few years. Um, she's, mm-hmm. she, that's what she does all over the country. But um, she talks about, you know, how nonprofits and uh, for-profit businesses can collaborate in order to, um, you know, not reinvent deliver and mm-hmm. also, uh, also create uh, create um, more synergy and 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 more revenue. So if you're a for profit yeah. business, you know you can solicit your your um, services to a nonprofit. You know, get in there on their budget. Um, you know, as maybe mm-hmm. a consultant or your services and and. Uh, you know, there's so many businesses that do that, and that's what you're saying. You know, it, businesses, nonprofit businesses have to run just like a business. They just operate in a little different way. They get their revenue in a different way, but they are yeah. a business, and they can produce um, products. And They have to uh, produce have, something. They have to produce something, exactly. even if it's a service. Like if you have a group home, okay, so your group home, you are providing a service, and that's, again, where you're getting your contracts and you're getting paid per child that you service. You're providing a service, you know. You can't just, you know, say, okay, I'm helping, I'm feeding these people, so people just donate, and, you know, you think you're feeding people and all, but unless you go and get a contract that I will specifically feed these people, if that's the work you're doing, you're going to have to find some kind of revenue model that's going to also produce some income. So then that's like, say if you're selling merchandising and you want to sell T-shirts, well, you can find a maybe a for-profit person in your community makes T-shirts. They print the T-shirts. You know, these are ways we can collaborate. Look, you know, we need T-shirts and all. Well, rather than me just going totally outside, let me go within my community. Who can I find within my community to produce these T-shirts? And, you know, these are ways to start collaborating or, you know, the merchandise. Just like um, I was consulting um, because our sponsors are all, you know, they're starting up businesses. They're doing all startup businesses. So they're just early. So one – Part of what we provided is sponsorship is some, you know, consulting and, 
gave them some things to help them with their businesses. We helped secure some domain names for a couple of years because you can get it for less. Um, one of the businesses needed a logo. Another one I consulted with, you know what, you can do this to clean up this logo. It's, it's like really want the money, but why don't we just do a couple changes here and that will really clean it up because, you know, this part is a winning part. Um, you know, they're going to need a website. Right now they have their Facebook page, but they can still book. And then even though we have two travel agencies, one specializes in tours and travel, but their real specialty is tours. I said, well, why don't you talk to the other travel person because they don't have any heritage tours. They just have to travel. And you can help them with, you know, special things to do on their trips. So... We're going to, um, let's take a commercial break real quick. Okay. This is Beyond Talk with Faith King. Odeline's Catering Inc. offers great food and desserts homemade to be delivered to your next event or celebration. You can choose to pick up or deliver. Book your next appointment today with Odeline's Catering, Inc. at 646-657-6640. Let us bring taste to your next celebration. This is Master Grill Radio, channel 13 on your NBBTA internet radio dial. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I am your host for this moment in time. It's time for purpose-driven words, shaping thoughts, building minds, true wealth, communities, and legacies. If my words had wings, they'd fly to you each day. Hello, and welcome back to Beyond Talk with Faith Moore McKinney, and I am here with um, Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and we're talking about the Shop 96 Hours um, event. And what it is is we are uh, promoting shopping only black-owned businesses for the 96 hours from uh, Black Friday onto Cyber Monday. And we extended it not only from the official Black Friday to Cyber Monday, but every um, weekend up to the second weekend in December. So three whole weekends of 96 hours of shopping um, black-owned businesses. And so what we're talking about is the 96 hours is not a directory. It is the event. There are directories on online. There are apps like Tuloco, um app that helps to find and locate uh, online and offline, African and Black American um, Black businesses all over the country, and there are also directories and um, Black chambers that have directories of Black-owned businesses all over. The 96-hour uh, Shop 96 Hours is the event, and it is encouraging um, Black-owned business um, uh, purchasing from Black-owned businesses. And we're talking also about, you know, maybe collaborations between black-owned businesses. You know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We want to make sure that we support each other in this current climate, in this current um, 
as uh, Jacqueline Taylor Adams calls the regime that we have now in office, we want to make sure that we are strong and that we economically can support ourselves because, you know, as we see, there are not too many people in the cabinet that like us in the, in the, uh, coming into the White House, uh, starting in 2017. So we have to make sure that we can support ourselves before we have to. We want to make sure that while we have choices, while we have some options, that we support each other and we work out a system so that we can support each other economically and, um, and, and we're making sure that services, like, like we, we got to look at full services, what are all the things that we need and, you know, how can we collaborate to come together that we're fully servicing one another so that, you know, because we know we have our banks and all. So, you know, now is the time. If you don't have your money with a black-owned bank, start researching them and start putting money in your black-owned banks. And, um, you know, make sure you have some money there, you know, like where are you holding your money. And that's a whole nother story about the value of the dollar. You know, oh, there yeah. may be a time they're saying that's coming soon that you might go, say, find out you don't have anything in the bank that, that you know, like we're not going to be having like cash. We're going to be totally cash poor. And so, you know, if this happens, what do we do? That means we have to really be dependent upon trade. So what do we have that's tradable? What's, what's value? You know, all of these bartering systems are going to really may have to come to pass. You know, we, um, you know, they, they said, you know, they've been saying that's going to come, but you know, certain things happen and certain things have happened with the market and all, and it, you know, certain things have to correct themselves. So they may, you know, you know, they, you know, they're foreseeing, you know, America not necessarily coming into the best of times. And we have our Native American communities. This is not time for us to be fighting amongst one another. It is so not the time. And, you know, the things, how they really work to separate the Hispanics. Like, you know, when people do advertising, like now it's the whole thing, well, we just want to spend our advertising dollars with the Hispanic community. Like they just take the black consumerism, the black dollar for granted. And advertisers are not spending money in our communities. They'll tell you right now, well, you know, we need, we need the Hispanic community. And, you know, Hispanics, a lot of times they're the ones that got businesses in, in our communities. So then, you know, exactly. that can create some kind of divisiveness or some thought that we may be a little bit better than you. And the same thing sometimes with the Africans and the African-Americans. And we just have to get out of all of that because at the end of the day, we are black. Yes, and at we the end are. of the day, it's about money and we need to align ourselves and come together and create you know, community amongst ourselves and amongst our brothers and sisters of color so that we can yeah, provide each other with what green. we need. Yeah, 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 it that's the real green. color. Yeah. <laughs> but even so, like, they don't like certain people of us having, you know, if you if you don't notice that a lot of times people, black folks with big money, they really try to go after. You know, OJ mm-hmm. got caught up, Michael Jackson. Because when he said, you know, Sony, you want nothing but the devil worshipers, which is something that's really been said. But when he said, I don't right. want to be with you, is when 
he went through all of these problems. Now, people said all of this other stuff. People said all these false things against him. But it all directly came after he walked away from Sony and took his master's. That's about money. Yeah. They say, oh, yeah. oh no, and, he you know, worth all of that money. And how dare he? Yeah, like how dare he think? And they, they said the they was going to create hell. They said they was going to create hell for him. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... We, you know, we had to understand and learn the lessons and act like, don't not act like this past didn't happen. And, and they've been saying this for years that in America, the climate for another Hitler was coming about. There's a, a Jewish woman. She's been talking about this for years. But the things that made Germany ripe for a Hitler were conditions that have been coming about in America for a while. And if you don't think that about this dictatorship, or we think because Donald Trump won, he's mellowed. No, he was back on Twitter, mad at the people for the theater. It's theater. Okay. Even though I, I mean, I do, I mean, when you have a 501, you really need to stay out of politics. You know, so I know as an arts organization, you don't really want to get involved in a politic conversation. But politics mm-hmm. may impact you, but you really don't want to get involved in that conversation. Generally, you know, um, like we do encourage people to vote. Like vote, we do our voting movements, but we really, you know, like who we like, who we don't like, we keep that to ourselves, even though we do engage political, our political constituents and talkbacks and, and anything that deals with issues, any people that can bring, you know, light to the table about issues because um, we do issue-driven pleas, and we don't like to bring up an issue without allowing, you know, some outlet because you, you'd be surprised right. people are going through certain things in your audience. So we always I, I bring an uh, opportunity for a talk back. Yeah, I, I think the reason that, that the cast of Hamilton addressed Mike Pence was because Mike Pence has uh, here in Indiana – um, you know, gone, uh, uh, you know, against the gay rights and, um, you know, it, it was just a ref, refra was what they called it. And it was just blatant discrimination. And so, you know, of course, a lot of the, the cast members in Hamilton are homosexuals, so I guess they felt that they needed to yeah. address him. But that's that, somewhere, that yeah, there's opportunity. Yeah, but that's where we need to take our emotions off our sleeves, you know. And, and you know, it's the not the theater, 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 you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like, you know, I mean, it might have been too late, but there, there are different times. You, you know, you came here to do a show, you made your statement, and you know, you know, why he felt that way. But then, you know, of course they think we're great entertainment, maybe not serious for other things. So I'm surprised he was even at the show. But um, that could backfire a little bit more. You know, just because you think something or feel something, you don't always have to say anything. But, you know, the president-elect can't come up and try to censor them. And hold them, and, yeah. and now like act like he's gonna get back at them because they had that a nerve to say something. Part. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that he he had, um, gosh, it, it's it's sort of like um, 
it's 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 really it's just really scary. Um, you know, here a man is that was voted into you know one of the highest offices in the world, who cannot necessarily control his mm-hmm. own emotions. And you and know, then who, he's, he's even he, stating now all of his conflicts of interest in business. He's saying that's just the media hype. That's not the media hype. It's the darn constitution. It's not yeah. media hype. He's mad because the media is bringing to light. Of course, there's conflict of interest. But he's like, exactly. hey, look, um, which uh, under Bush, the vice president got the contract to re- rebuild Iraq when they went in there and destroyed it, and there were no weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Exactly. So, so you know, and, and he's like, you know, he's saying he's basically saying, just shut up, just let me do. He already right. has the hotel. The hotel he he opened up before the election. He opened up his hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue, right down the street from the White House. Mm-hmm. So, like these foreign yeah. diplomats are saying, well, yeah, I'm gonna definitely stay there. Why would I not stay? I won't want to insult the president by not staying his exactly. not staying in his property and staying in another property. But what they're saying is that they may think, you know, well, hey, we stayed in your property. We spent all this money in your property. You know, do us a favor. You should it's like lobbying. Exactly. And so, yeah. and and that's why, that's where the conflict of interest comes in. And so. Well, that, that among many other things. But we only have about a minute and so to go. <laughs> you want to wrap it up? Yes, well, we just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening in. And, again, just shop96hours.com, shop96hours.org. You go there. You can find out why. You can find out what's the benefits of participating. Please, black business directories, if you know any directories, membership organizations, chambers of commerces, ask them please to come aboard. And if you're in business and you're not a directory, but you're in business and you want to participate, please come aboard. Because what we're going to do is let you work with one of the directories. So this is getting you more exposure in a structured manner where directory can give you extra benefits and value. And that directory, you know, your membership grows. And we want to just bring um, willing consumers, consumers who's willing to buy. We want to put their eyes on all the businesses. So shop96hours.com, just go. Whether you just want to volunteer, subscribe, let us know. We are here. And thank you, everyone, for your support. But this is the us thing. So let's do this. Let's see what difference and impact we can make this holiday season. Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us on Beyond Talk with Faith Moore McKinney and Jacqueline Taylor Adams. We will see you in <laughs> what will it be three weeks, two weeks, the second um, second uh, yeah. of December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Just, in December, yeah. Yeah, we're going to well, be focusing so in on the millennials. Today. Yeah, so for all, all those, right. we'll be focusing in on the millennials. So that second um, Tuesday in December, and if you want to deal with the millennials, know how to talk and market to them, we're going to focus on them. Second um, Tuesday in December. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Faith Moore McKinney with Jacqueline Taylor Adams. Have a good evening and good night. Good night.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.